Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Wednesday, October 11th. I am Steven Serta. Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football to kick off week six across the NFL. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, we got a lot to get into as we preview Thursday night's matchup. That does not include Aaron Rodgers being a loser. So we're not going to get into that all that much but we will update you guys on the chief's latest injury report and everything you need to know ahead of thursday night football against the denver broncos yeah it it is to the point of somebody who just i think clearly wants to be part of the, the headlines right now has <laughs> a has a bad wheel for what eight nine months it's, it's gonna be I'm, I'm actually happy that aaron Rodgers is is not ending his career in, in that fashion it does sound like he'll be back uh be back next year but uh, until then uh <laughs> the less headlines would be the better uh, but i i don't see this going away anytime soon he is indeed a weekly guest now on espn's pat mcafee so we'll see if uh we'll see if the the back and forth if you will between rogers and and kelsey continues yeah travis kelsey's got games to prepare for so i think aaron Rodgers should just uh <laughs> Focus on the things he's got to work on to get back on the field next season right now. But we do need to update you guys on the Chiefs latest injury report from Tuesday. And it's my my days are all mixed up this week ahead of a Thursday game. It's all it's all weird. Uh, no media today, but we did hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Reed and Justin Ross yesterday. If you want to go back and find that on front of the podium, uh, Travis Kelsey was a limited participant in Tuesday's practice. Uh, Nick Bolton was also limited again. Now I'm he's been returning to practice, but I'm a little bit worried about Nick Bolton's availability on a short turnaround for Thursday. If he's still limited early in the week. So we'll see how he's doing and if he's going to be able to go. And George Karloftis also dealing with a hamstring injury uh, was limited on Tuesday. So he might be a player to watch for Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I tend to think Nick goes just in, in, in looking back and, and seeing that they didn't put him on IR originally, they tried to test it over the weekend. He wasn't able to, you know, push through, and so he ended up not playing uh, in the game. But I do, I don't think it's it's 100% locked in. And you just look at what what the Chiefs have been able to do without him. And not to say you don't need Nick Bolton, but if you're staring down the prospect of, all right, let's you know, let's say for example, Steve Nick is 90%. And you have this game against the Broncos. You've been able to win every game without them. And you could kind of skip that game. And then you get a 10 additional days of rest where he's probably like a slam dunk 100% uh, for the next game. I think there's a possibility the Chiefs go in that direction. We don't see the details on all these pregame tests that they do. 
Uh, feel really good about Travis Kelsey playing. Um, he's somebody that really doesn't want to miss games. I thought the story yesterday from Mahomes about how he was so distraught after the loss and just essentially said, I'm not missing the next one, uh, is telling in how far he'll push himself. And the truth is he was able to finish the game uh, on Sunday, and uh, I'm sure he's been, been undergoing that ex- extreme treatment, uh, the, the Julie treatment, as the, the Chiefs will call it, uh, uh, just to get yourself in position uh, to, to be able to play. And so I tend to think Kelsey goes, uh, I'm with you. Um, if I had to guess, I think Colton plays, but I, I do think it, there is still a possibility that the Chiefs go cautious on that one. And it is worth mentioning that Nick Bolton's backup, Drew Tranquil, came out of Sunday's right. contest a little bit banged up, but he was listed as a full participant. So it seems like he's going to be okay and good to go if for some reason Nick Bolton can't go. But he's certainly a, a player that we should monitor ahead of Thursday night football because we know how well this Chiefs defense has been playing. And you know Broncos safety Justin Simmons says this is a must-win game for the Denver Broncos through five weeks because right now, Pete, let's – to put it simply, like I would be absolutely shocked if the Chiefs lost this game to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos have the worst defense in all of the NFL right now, and the offense has played a little bit better under Sean Payton, but it's still not like a, a high-powered offense or anything like that or anything that should truly test this Chiefs defense in a significant way. So I don't think they need to rush Bolton back. I don't think they need to push Travis Kelsey in this game on Thursday night, but you just want to see those guys available and back on the field and healthy. And so hopefully that's, that's what we get from them. And hopefully they don't even need to deploy them all that much. And hopefully this is just a blowout win for the chiefs. Yeah. And if it's in hand, you'll see those, those star players exiting. We did actually get to see that aspect of the chiefs when they were able to knock off the Chicago bears in the blowout fashion that they, they did. Uh, Again, you don't want to assume any of that. This is still a, a divisional opponent. I tend to agree. Uh, this doesn't feel, and I, I've explained this to someone the other day, where, I don't know, you have a middling team, and they are playing a division game, and these seem to be teams that know each other well, and, and sometimes those teams are about 500 or less than, where the other team has a way better record, and you never know, because it's a, it's a division game. This Broncos team to me is in another realm of like being a working football team. They gave up 70 points a couple weeks ago. Now they lost to the the Zach Wilson Jets. Not to, not to say that the Chiefs weren't in a game with them. They were, but they didn't end up losing. And I, I just see, I just feel like they have the makings of a of a disaster season based upon some of the reports of tearing it down and getting rid of Randy Gregory and the fact that Frank Clark may suddenly be on the market. When you have these players that you've signed to these one-year deals and now suddenly they're on the market, that's just not a good sign for what's going on inside your building. And I've also been making the case that they could opt to go really young this year, see if they can maybe win a few games, two or three, and then at the end of it, maybe that's good enough to have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And so I I don't know. I I think in other years, I'll give you a, a better example, like even for this year, I'd be more concerned about a middling Raiders team than this Broncos team because the Broncos team is in the realm of a mess right now. Yeah. And a Raiders team, like they still have Max Crosby, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL right now. And the Broncos don't have anybody of that caliber along that defensive line. So it's not great right now for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. The chiefs are currently a 10 and a half point favorite over on the DraftKings sports book, but I think something that's worth mentioning, too, is the increased role of Isaiah Pacheco, who 
you know, he's still mixing in with Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire a lot this season, but we are seeing him trend in the right direction. And the last two weeks, especially, he's been great when he's gotten the opportunity to have an impact. And the Broncos have the worst run defense in the NFL. So I think on Thursday night, we could see a heavy dose of Isaiah Pacheco, especially if the Chiefs get out to an early lead, knowing that they can exploit that Broncos defense on the ground. A hundred percent. And I have been trying to kind of preach this message. I, I just think in 2023, at least, before you get that major next target for Patrick Mahomes, that guy that stands up, be it somebody that produces on the team after some growth, a young player, or you know, you end up getting someone in the draft high or free agency or whatever. I think the Chiefs winning is just going to look a little different. And that's going to be a little bit more of that balanced football, a little bit less of that pass first, and it's establishing Isaiah Pacheco. And you can see that when Pacheco is able to, I think, get in a rhythm early in games, I mean, he's such an asset to picking up some of that short yardage, even some of that chunk yardage that you, you look for to maintain drives. And I, I'm, I'm completely with you. And I just think the offense right now is, is in a way relying on the run game a little bit. And, um, you know, and I understand some uneasiness from that because that's just like a parting of, of what we've seen in recent years for Patrick Mahomes. But this is the beauty of Andy Reid, and I think this is what's getting lost in like all the wide receiver discussion. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have a 4-1 record. Reid adjusts his play playbook. He adjusts his scheme. He adjusts his game planning to the personnel he has. So Reid may be admitting, okay, look, maybe we're not as strong in wide receivers this year. We're going to ground and pound with Isaiah Pacheco, and we're going to hit Travis Kelsey. And some receiver, one or two of them, might step up and take spots. And at the end of the day, you look down and it's the rest of the AFC, I think you're in a good position. I just think Isaiah Pacheco is a big part of that. And, you know, I understand that Chiefs fans want one of these wide receivers to step up and they want to be this explosive offense that we're so used to seeing. Like, it's hard to watch what the San Francisco 49ers are doing right now and like what the Miami Dolphins are doing right now and say that you feel as confident in the Chiefs offensively as you do like one of those teams. But the way their defense is playing this season, they are playing so well that they can win football games sometimes, even if the passing game can't going. And, you know, we have to bring up the wide receivers, obviously, because it's the thing that everyone is watching for this team this season. And, you know, Sky Moore is still getting a lot of snaps. He is not really producing much with them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling still getting a ton of snaps, not really producing much with them. Justin Watson might be the most reliable downfield wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes right now, but Rasheed Rice continues to make an impact in a limited role, and Kadarius Toney is kind of trending up in the snap department, but he's still not playing a majority of the snaps, still kind of just staying in that gadgety player type of role. And so that that's another thing that we're going to have to just kind of see how this progresses as the season goes on. I want to see more of Rasheed Rice. I don't know if Rasheed Rice is ever going to wind up being like, a majority of the snaps player for the chiefs this season, but he's certainly shown you enough promise that you got to get him more involved offensively. Yeah, I I'm with you. I, I think he's in for a bigger role as he gets, gets healthy. Um, and I, I know that the chiefs had high hopes for him and all of a sudden they they suddenly were, were slashed, um, you know, almost immediately as, as, Darius was taking punts during training camp. Uh, and now I think you're starting to see him get healthy, but I'm, I'm with you. And I think I'm with everybody else. Like you naturally say to yourself, how long is this going to last? And so 
I don't know if the Chiefs can can go full game plan mode into making sure that they have Kadarius because I just don't know if you can guarantee that. But I, I think as a role player in this offense, you can see the advantage of having him on the field. I mean, he's a he's a tough guy, um, and he's a, you know able to kind of make catches and hold on to them through contact. And I I've, I have been impressed. And so uh, as he gets healthier, I, I think the wide receiver room looks a little bit better because he's a very good route runner. You know, he, he can he can stop on a dime so violently. Um, and and for me, I just I think if he can get close to 100 percent and what does that even really look like? It also helps some of the other receivers have, have their own production. And so we'll continue to see Kadarius Tony's snap count increase and, you know, until it doesn't uh, again. And that's the disappointing thing because it, it does always feel like with him in particular, that other shoe is going to drop. And I think for Rasheed Rice, like who uh, a player who has shown so much promise so far this season. And, you know, we know Justin Ross had a, a nice grab last week, uh, couple of drops but still two catches got a few more snaps and maybe he gets more involved down the line but I, I tend to think the Chiefs next three games Broncos Chargers Broncos again and then you have the Dolphins and then they head into their bye like I, I, I tend to believe that we'll kind of see the Chiefs make some adjustments at their bye week like we do every year but until then uh, against these division opponents especially and then headed into a massive game in Germany against the Dolphins we're probably going to see kind of a, a similar rotation that we've seen so far this season, at least until they get to that bye and they can make their bye week adjustments. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the bye week ends up being huge. And I also think like this mini bye is something to watch as well. There's an extra three days built in. Andy Reid treats it um, as such uh, and, and allows the players to, to have their day off. But I, I believe they do a working day with the coaches as well. Just a little bit, um, you know, meeting to kind of feel, you know, get, get out there what, what they're thinking as far as uh, their own self-scouting and their, their game planning. And so we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening here. I, I think the chiefs are in great position as they enter what could be a, a five and one mini buy. Should they be able to take care of business on, on Thursday, just, you know, even going back to this game in particular, Steve, it, it's just a matter of taking care of the football, not taking penalties. You are the better team. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. You should should come out happy. Yeah, I'm about as confident as this game as I was the Chiefs taking on the Chicago Bears a few weeks ago. Like, that's just how bad this Broncos team has been this season. And, you know, it, it seems like they might have Javante Williams back who missed last week. They've got an undrafted rookie in Jaleel McLaughlin, who's looked like a playmaker a little bit for their offense. But Javante Williams is a full participant on Tuesday. And it's also worth mentioning former chief Frank Clark, now Denver Bronco, who's been a little bit banged up for them. He did not practice on Tuesday, listed as an illness. But Pete, we know uh, from a long time of covering Frank Clark with the Kansas City Chiefs, Seems to be sick a lot throughout the season. So that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be unavailable uh, against the Chiefs on Thursday and what would be his first matchup since leaving Kansas City. Yeah, I think the guys will be excited to see Frank Clark. I think, you know, you'll see them chatting after the game. Should he be okay to go? Um, and and I I feel bad for, for Clark. Uh, you know, I, I think he was looking for a situation that would have been better than this. I mean, I don't think he was intentionally going against the Chiefs. Uh, by signing with the Broncos, I, I think they probably offered him the best contract. And I, I think there's an aspect of football on the business side that you can't understand. Uh, I would love to see him freed up, though. Uh, I And it doesn't even necessarily mean like I'm pushing for him to come back to Kansas City. But if they're floating his name out there, uh, it tends to eventually come to pass that that player ends up getting released. I feel the same way about former Chief McCole Hardman in New York. I, 
I think these guys are going to get released and I hope they end up in, in better spots. I don't, I don't think that that necessarily needs to be Kansas city though. Um, not, you can wish someone for the best, but I, I don't think the Chiefs necessarily need these guys at, at where they're at. So um, that's kind of how I feel. Hopefully Frank makes the trip. We've seen the sickness cost in games before, and just the fact that he was out of practice altogether does worry me about uh, about him a little bit. Uh, we'll see if he can push through. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that the Broncos traded uh, pass rusher Randy Gregory to the San Francisco 49ers, but that was after initial report that they were just going to release him, and there's a lot of speculation about them just tearing it all down and and committing to the bad season that they're in the middle of. So that's something yeah, to pay I, attention with the Denver Broncos moving forward. I, I tend to think that Clark and Hardman, like, you you know, we're, we're doing next week's Arrowhead report around this time. I think they're either available and out there or they're with another team. And I think there's definitely going to be a contingent of Chiefs fans that are going to want one or both of these guys back. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, ca- I cautious fans because we're always talking about, oh, X player coming back. And it, it is really rare that they make their way back to Kansas City after the door shuts. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to say no on, on those types <laughs> of moves. But I, I know some Chiefs fans out there probably would like to see that happen. I'm good. Uh, I, I'm still very confident in this team and the type of contender that they are. I think they'll figure things out offensively. So I'm not too worried about it. But. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, be on the lookout later this afternoon. We got a fresh episode of the Great British Chief Show coming your way. And Chiefs Coast to Coast is going to be coming your way a little bit earlier this afternoon around 3 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. I will be live with Aaron and Mark later on. Uh, But with all that, uh, no Arrowhead Pride report tomorrow. We've got some extra stuff coming out uh, ahead of the game on Thursday night, but we will be live immediately following the game with the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. And then me and Pete will be back on Friday morning with the next edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. We'll talk to you guys then.